Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. To all my friends around the world, from London to um, Dubai to China to Australia, my man Frenchie, um, I travel this world. I've been on this earth a long time. I I started out in promotions from NWA, music, etc. And when you come across a dinosaur, and what I mean by a dinosaur, a person that does hard work because they didn't let technology um, trick them. They know that they got to put the the work out there on the street to get the results that they want. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to to me right now, the greatest promoter in the game because he still do it the old-fashioned way along with the new technology. I give you this fly-ass nigga named Rick. What up, Playboy? Hey, what's going on with you, TK, on this fine, lovely Sunday? And yeah. um, first, a shout-out to all your listeners. Um, you got a real great thing going on. It's good, okay? Uh, thank you, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday, May 30th, me and this gentleman have combined together with the Victorian in Philadelphia. Um, what's, what are the show times, um, Rick? Um, the doors um, next Sunday, Memorial Weekend, Sunday, No Work Monday. The hours are from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. All right, so nine, so nine to twelve, and what's good about it? It ain't a long night. It ain't going. It ain't from like six to two. Your ass is tired. There's enough time to laugh. There's enough time to mingle. There's enough time you see a fine bitch. You could say something to a buyer, drink, get a number, <laughs> and holler at her. You know, you know. A lot of people think you need a lot of time, but if you know what you're doing, you don't need a lot of time. Exactly. So and the, the great thing got, about it uh-huh. is, okay, right. and the great thing about it is, TK, they don't got to go to work on Monday because Monday's Memorial Day. That's right. Monday's Memorial Day, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Rick, you caught my attention when we was talking the other day. What makes you still grind in the game the way that you do? Like, what 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 motivates you? I know what motivates me, but what motivates you to keep doing what you're doing? I, I, I'm, I feel like this. I understand that you had to change with the times, and that's good, too. I'm a person like this. I, I'm trying to accumulate as many weapons that I could get. So mm-hmm. before, you know, MySpace, text messaging, and, you know, all these new gadgets that came along promotion-wise, it's it, it nothing more than that one-on-one interaction when you have a flyer and you can hand it over to somebody and have a short conversation with that's that true. way they actually know that it's real. So right. That human interaction, you know, whether it's for two seconds that you can stop somebody and say, hey, I got a comedy show going on, I'm doing a New Year's Eve party, or this and that, and they could just ask you a few questions, that interaction goes a long way. And, I mean, you still have some type of interaction with the computer and all that stuff, but it's nothing like, you know, when you're laying eyes on somebody. and You know how it is, TK, when you got that fresh outfit on and you yep. see that fine lady and you invite her out to an event and you just have that's that right. interaction. I that's keep a, up with that. And that's what technology is bad for, right? Technology has <laughs> taken away such a beautiful element that when you could be given out a fly and introduce someone to an event and you could touch them, they could see you, you could smell them, and you could, you know, if you're a player, you're a, you flirt, like, damn, sister, you know, I would love to invite you to this comedy show or any event that you're giving out flyers. All that kind of has been taken away to the point 
that we can't even date the way that we used to date because women find it strange for a man to holler at them on the street or if they walk it down the street. They get frowned upon. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? That is insane. I the mean, technology I, I, got us to that point. <laughs> it got us to this point. To the point, let's talk about with politics with Governor Cuomo. Now, when I was watching Governor Cuomo, Cuomo during the pandemic of New York City, I said, man, this motherfucker's a presidential, presidential man. Then they hit him with all the bullshit because of social media, the women saying how he was inappropriate, the way that he spoke, the way that he touched, the way he held me too long. Bitch, I tell people, bitch, that nigga a player. He a man. <laughs> back in back in the old days, that's how niggas approached women. We a certain way you touched them, the certain way you kissed them on the cheek. It was nothing disrespectful. It's just the way real niggas move. That's called being a man. And like I tell people in my in my show, he got a dick. He want to fuck. It ain't like he broke in a bitch house and was masturbating all on a face while her husband was in the bathroom. He didn't do nothing that was totally disrespectful. He was being a man, and he around beautiful women. And like I tell people all the time when you come to the show, back in the day, Rick used to fuck the governor. Yeah. The, the governor was the rock star. Yeah, that's a fact. It's crazy, man. The, like, I don't even know how... How was it doing your material today nowadays when anything you say with cancel culture, a nigga come out and say, oh, well, that's offensive. He made a joke about a gay guy or he said this and the feminist. How was it on, on your end dealing with all this? One thing I noticed, they don't fuck with me. Okay. And the only thing I can say that is because they know a real one. Okay. See, there's certain people you don't fuck with. I'm one of them niggas. Yeah, I mean, you got your time in the game. Yeah, I'm one of them niggas. They don't fuck with me, you know. And the, and, and, and the stuff that I come out of my mouth, I I might talk about gays, but I really give gays their props. If you really listen to my conversation, I, I, I tease them, but then I give them their props, how they have unionized the LBGCQ how they more powerful than the NAACP, more powerful than the Senate. How I used to see them early in the morning years ago at Starbucks at 2.30 in the morning wondering what they was talking about in there. <laughs> 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 and it showed you what they were talking about. They know my book was talking about unionizing, right? So now they got laws. You know, they got, they got medical insurance. But they came together and really combined and got this shit together. So... Um, if anybody ever had any issues hard on me, it would pretty much be about that. But I talk about everything that I feel in my heart, just like with the George Floyd situation. George Floyd thing was bad, Rick. But did you see the funeral? Did you see all the people that came up there and spoke on behalf of George Floyd? Yeah. See, when I saw it, yeah, so when I looked at it, it was a lot of people that went up in that podium. I think I counted over and when I saw it, I said, none of them motherfuckers could have gave George Floyd $20. Wow. Because George Floyd died over a fake $20 bill. That's a fact. So all these motherfuckers who came up to talk about him and loved him, y'all couldn't give this man $20. <laughs> 
That's crazy. Make you think, don't it, though? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes you, it definitely makes you think to die over a fake twenty dollar bill. Fake twenty dollar bill, and what I want the listeners to listen to this week coming up, starting today, and probably for the rest of your life, make good choices with your life. Yeah. See, everything comes down to, to choices. choices. And you got to love yourself, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of y'all don't love yourselves. A lot of you men, y'all don't get your hair cut. Y'all don't keep your hair groomed. You don't stay shaved. You don't keep the, you don't keep your face moisturized. You don't change your underwear every day. You don't change your socks every day. I don't get it. You got to love yourself. You got to go for walks. You got to eat right, ladies and gentlemen. I travel this world. I see a lot of people out of shape playing around. And, and life is a beautiful thing if you put the work into it. You see how this brother Rick is promoting? He likes the money. Ain't no such thing as something too expensive. I mean, you got to work harder. Yeah, it's all it's all about the it's all about it's all about putting that work in and putting that grind in. Though nothing, there's no handouts given. Whatever you want, you got to go out there. It's attainable. You just got to get out there. You just got to put in the work. That's got to put in the work. Let me take this moment to give you your flowers, right? Because before we even got to this point of us even conversating, I used to sit back and watch from afar because a lot of the things that you talk about, I, I swear, when, when you come to Philly, I'm going to introduce you to Big Reed. I swear to God. You guys, I, I don't know if y'all got different, some type of way, spiritually or something, you guys are connected because you remind me so much of him. And a lot of your conversation is the conversation's that, that, you know, me and him have all the time. That's how I know yeah. that, you know, that we're all, it, it, you know, we're all aligned and in tune in a certain type of way. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just want to commend you, man, for for staying the path because, you know, I watch, you know, I, I watch a lot of your interviews. I, I've been to a lot of your shows. And I'm like, this brother has stood ten toes down on what it is that he's doing. And not only doing it for one decade or two decades, like, you've really been putting a lot of time into doing what you're doing. And what was really more amazing to me was, you know, when I tried to reach out to Bookie for the comedy show, and I went online, and then it was your own email, and then when I sent my number and you actually called, I said, right. man, this man is handling all his business. If he don't have to pay an assistant, he's handling all his travel. He's handling his booking on his own. And, and, and that spoke volume to me because I'm like, damn, this TK just really just, picked up the phone and just called me and is conducting and handling his own business. And a lot of times, man, I don't know if people give you all the credit in the world, but, man, you got a lot of time in, time in doing this, and that's commendable, man. That's thank very, you, very commendable. And thank you. And see I, see, I come from the streets, right? Even though I went to college, I got my thing. I used to roll in Philly when you was a baby. My, my family's James Cole and them from Junior Mafia. You know, they all locked up now, but that's my family. I was, I was the youngster. They was the OGs back then. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I found out in life is that people in entertainment from hip hop, TV shows, to rappers, to even comedians, they all think they famous. Right. Watch where I'm going with this. They all think they famous. And I've seen what a superstar is. I've seen it, Rick. I've been around mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy when he was the fucking, uh, I'm talking about a rock star. I've been around Michael Jackson when he was a rock star. Everybody else today is just popular. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. with that said, I'm a humble dude because I got my money from the streets. I got my money from stealing. I got my money from being uh, out thinking the competition, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm humble. And I would never treat anybody bad knowing that years ago when I worked 40 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. 40 hours a week now for a whole month, and you made $2,500. Wow. By the time it took a state and federal tax, you came home with $1,750. Mm. We carry that in our sock. If that don't make you humble, I don't know what will. So when I see comedians and everybody really thinking that they the shit because they think they got a few dollars. I, I, I you know, I say to myself because you, if you know, I don't roll with a crew. I don't roll with comics at all. I love yeah. them. I wish all them the best, but I move differently. I don't tell my business. I don't get down like that. You know, I got a certain. My crew is the crew when I get there. Like when, when I get the feeling, you my crew, you my family. I fuck with real G's who don't do nonsense, who don't, who not messy, who not petty, who don't do the he say, she say shit. Yeah. Just the reason why you're on the phone, because like I said, when I talked to you, everything about you had been solid. But then when we was chopping it up yesterday and I heard how you about to hit the streets with over 7,500 flyers. And Hatika, you're gonna be at this particular show um, tonight at, before the doors even open, and when the motherfucking last person leave, that took me back to the days of how I used to move. Mm-hmm. Because my hustle, check this out, my hustle was the fights back in the day. See, okay. when they had the fights at the MGM, see, I had a crew out of Chicago. We made the the fight tickets and the passes. So three months <laughs> out, nigga, I, well, I've been always getting money, dog. So three months mm-hmm. out, I already I already had a clientele over the years, 20, 30, 40 people that would meet me at the FedEx office down the street from the MGM, and I would give people their motherfucking passes charging a four or $5,000 pop. You didn't get a seat. You didn't have a seat. You couldn't sit. But you got in, but the, you building. in the building. But you was in the building. That's all that And that's happened. what I teach people, nigga. Like when people want to ask me for tickets for shows, and I'm doing the guard and all that. TK, these, t- these tickets is way at the top. Nigga, you in the building. And it was free. Yeah, you can't complain about that. You know, so, oh, man, I made a lot of money. And I'm like Tyson days, boy. Those were the good old days. It was a good old days. Good old good days. Old. So here I am coming to the fight. I'm leaving with, you think I made the money. <clears throat> here I'm walking up with 70000 cash. And had a good time. I'm smiling. Everybody in there, motherfucker, losing money, gambling and shit. I'm trying to get home, but my shit in the state. Exactly. You know, you know, well, those were the, yeah, man, those were, those, were, those were the good old hustling days, man. That's why, you know, when I've seen grown men and I'm like, man, how, I'm like, that, that spirit of the hustle to get out, that's why I love the flyers so much, man, when you get out there. There's nothing like that interaction when you see people and then you get to see people that you don't see in such a long time and right. those short brief time. Hey, Rick, what's going on? Damn, you still doing it? So and so, this and that, and blah blah blah. Yeah, this is yeah. going on. Like, you like it's just it's just the love of it's just the love of the game. It's just a I, I can't wait for six o'clock to get here. 
to get to that place and get out there. And I, I, my outfit is already laid out. Everything is ready to go. The flyers is in the box. I'm gonna get there before the first person even walks up. Yo, you got to videotape that. Uh, oh, you got to videotape of it. You got to like a post it tomorrow for the show. Of you got to videotape it. You got to matter of fact, course. you got to videotape the clothes. You walk into the car and you passing out the flyers. You got to yeah. do it like a post it on the show. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's, like it's, a post it on my G tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be very it's gonna be very serious. You know, we we seven days away. And it's gonna be a beautiful thing in Philadelphia. You know the tickets are you know the tickets are moving. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful. It's, we're gonna make we're gonna make history on a fine Memorial Day, and then yeah. we'll take it from there. And here's the cold part, ladies and gentlemen. Lately, I've only been doing a one man show. No MC, no opening act, no feature. Not to take nothing away from the comics. It's just that I got so much to fucking say. I need to get on that stage quicker than me waiting to get on stage. Like I'm talking about, you know, uh, cut the chase. We go cut. We going straight to the chase. No appetizer, nothing. One man no show. Warm-up. No warm up, nothing. Two hours straight T to the motherfucking cat. Mm. Now, I, but I will challenge this. I'll challenge any comic in the country, in the world, to go on stage without no opening act, feature act, and do a one-man show, not just one show, consistently consistently all around the country and see if you can pull it off. Wow. But you're a legend, Everybody can't do that, man. You got you paid your dues, man. Yes, sir. And you to do a different act every show. See, mm. see I, I'm not doing the same material. Uh, all, mm. You do different shows, ladies and gentlemen, one weekend, and do eight shows, and do different material eight. I just did a show last week at Arugas in North Plainfield. Eight shows, started at 5.30, 7.30, and 10 for three days. The promoter, his wife, was saying that they couldn't believe I did a different show every night. For two hours now. I ain't talking about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm talking about (laughs) two hours every night, and I'll guarantee you, since we're going to be in Philly, I'm not even going to talk that much this week. I'm going to save my vocal cords for Sunday when I get in there and talk my SHIT. It's going to be a beautiful thing, man. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Now, how long you been um, in the promoting business? Well, see, I started, um, I was in prison for a short term. I did two and a half years. I was okay. in a group called the Low Lives out of Brooklyn. We was like mm-hmm. one of the biggest shoplifting groups back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Philly in 91. I, um, I fell about 95, came home in 97. Right. We're still messing around a little bit. I was on my block, and God sent somebody to send me a message. I always knew everybody in the street. I always traveled to different neighborhoods. And, you know, when I was boosting, I would always go to different parts of the city. I had players all around the city. Right. So when I was on my block, a guy came to me, just like an acquaintance. He was like, hey, man, guys are talking about you in North Philly. Once you think about, he was like, did you ever think about throwing a party? I said, throwing a party? He was like, man, you know everybody wants you to throw a party. And for some reason, TK just stuck in my mind. It just stuck wow. in my mind. I was probably about, uh, I would say probably like 17, 18 at the time. I went, I went home. My mom had an old typewriter in the basement. I pulled the typewriter out. I went past this uh, Jamaican guy that had this club called Trendsetters. 
it was funny, like about like ten blocks away from where I was at. And mm-hmm. I went to him one day was like, Hey man, I wanna throw a party But he broke it down to me, he was like, Look, I keep the bar money, whatever you make at the door he was like, I'll pay the security you know, you bring in a DJ and your door person, whatever you make at the door is yours and you pay your DJ. I'm right. like, well, that sounds pretty simple. So we locked in a date. I went home, and this, this is how far back it was. It was you know, MySpace, Black Planet. Uh, this is 97. Wow. So I went home on a typewriter. I wrote all the information down. I came up with a concept. I had a couple of local, you know, dope boys that had, like, up-and-coming artists that, you know, back then everybody was flying uh-huh. You know, an artist yep. or whatever. So That's I got true. three of their artists, put them on a flyer. I went to Campus Copy Center, and this one, the flyers was on color paper. Mm-hmm. And I would and I would say, hey, this is it. Give me red, blue, orange, green, whatever. I got about 1,500 of those. They putting them up. I got them. I just rode around my neighborhood. Everybody I seen, I was like, hey, I'm having a party on this day, having a party, having a party, having a party. The event came, my very first event that I did, I did 68.20 for about two weeks worth of work, and I said I will never sell another drug ever again. And, and from right. then on, it's just been it's been a straight ride since uh, since 1997 up to now. So I got That's about awesome. almost 30 years in the game. Wow. And, and, and I tell people it's a good thing. I ain't got to worry about the police. I ain't got mm-hmm. to be strapped up. I ain't got to, you know, it's so much... and. That interaction, and, and it's so crazy because, TK, before I even got into promoting, going out was always my thing. I would always hustle, but once that weekend came, I would always get the weekend to the police. Uh-huh. You know, task force me out there. I'd be like, look, y'all got this. Come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going. I'm at a club somewhere, partying, and I'll come back Monday and resume whatever I got into. And right. it's so crazy how God works that something that I, I really love doing that I would just go to entertain myself with, it turned into a business. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a great and it turned into a great business. So ever since then it's been from, you know, doing um concerts to, you know, parties at lounges and clubs. I, I did um I did I had the contract for Philadelphia's district attorney Larry Krasner. I had okay. got the contact uh, the contract to do the Joe Biden stuff when he was running for, you know, when he was running for election this year. Wow. So, yeah, so I, I do a lot, like, I work with, like, the judges. I do a lot of political stuff. Well, as of, within the last three years, I've been doing, after the Krasner stuff, it opened up the door for me to start mm-hmm. doing more political stuff. Because once he won, that was, like, the great resume builder for me. Because now I can go to everybody and be like, hey, look, this is my contract. You see it. Here's a copy of the check that they paid me. I'm the person that handled the marketing and all that stuff for me. So from Krasner, it, it trickled down into doing um, Joe Biden's. That's awesome, yo. Yeah, so God, God, God has been great to me, man. You know, just staying. I understand the consistency of just staying down and just and, and that interaction, man, of just meeting. And I and I know you get it because you travel all around the world and you've been doing this forever. You meet so many different people yep. amongst you know your travels and your path. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, it, it's 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 a great. I I have no complaints, man. I really have no complaints. I just. I take the good with the bad. I just, you know, you know, something. You win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get back up and you get back on that horse and you keep riding. And this is why I wanted you on the show because I felt that, and I know that we're going to inspire somebody around the world from hearing this story. This is the reason why I wanted you to do this interview with me, 
And I said, yo, can you do the podcast? Because I felt that. And, and to the people listening, all y'all have a story. All y'all have an experience, whether it's good or bad. And even your bad experiences can help somebody way across on the other side of the earth to make a better decision so they won't do the same thing. And that's the reason why I do these shows, because I really feel we all have a story, Rick. You know, some people yeah. just want to do celebrities. Like, fuck yeah. that celebrity shit. We all celebrities, yo. Yeah, Every last one of us. We're all somebody. We're all somebody. Everybody's somebody. Don't mm-hmm. ever get that. My old head always tell me, like, we all somebody. Some got more than others. But at the end of the day, and TK, I'm going to take you back because I'm going to tell you how far ago we crossed paths before. Okay. I used to do music, and back in 2000, before the flood happens in New Orleans, I was going to sign with Cash Money just around the time when Baller Blocking came Whoa. out. And, and this is when Yolanda and them used to be in the uh, – when Yolanda used to uh, handle all the business, I guess, for uh, swimming them. Mm-hmm. came there, it was like early 2000. It was the weekend of Lil Wayne's uh, birthday party. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne's birthday, I think he was turning 17. He had a party at the House of Blues. Um, he had a party at the house at the House of Blues in New Orleans, and um, yeah, it was back then. I don't know if it was you that came and picked us up in the SUV or something, but it was back around. I, I know it was around the time when the Baller Blocking movie came out. Right. So well, I, I, that's when I was hanging like, with them tough. Yeah, I was yeah, hanging with them niggas. Because the, I remember you was in the movie. Right. I, I was hanging with them tough. And that was just a blessing. Too, to um, how that came about, Nelly was on tour. Okay. I was at a concert. I'm sitting in the audience, and a guy named um, Ron Bird is his name, production, production head of production. And I walked up to Ron and said, Ron, you need somebody to warm the crowd up for y'all? He said, you want to do it, TK? I said, hell yeah. I wonder when that motherfucker turned that bitch out. They said, yo, baby, I want to meet you in the back. Wow. Baby, don't met me, but see, I'm my own boss. I handle all my own deals. So I, I never went through baby for my money. I went through Al Heyman for my money. Okay. See, so Al Heyman and them paid me because, see, I make a lot of money. And I knew that baby, you know, not, I don't know for sure. I just don't think they would have paid me what he would have paid me. Because at that time, Baby and them was keeping all the money for themselves. Okay. Juvenile and them wasn't even getting paid back then. They didn't even know how much money they was getting, yo. Baby, they was keeping it all. And they pulled me to the side. And I love Baby, but he pulled me to the side and said, listen, please, if you don't mind, don't ever tell any of our artists the money that you see here. And I kept my mouth shut. I kept it moving. True story, yo. Wow. But yeah, the, the, the cash money. I remember that night. And that's the day, believe it or not, when Baby bought five Bentleys. See, we had we had that show at the House of Blues, but during the day, Baby here went shopping. He had the whole neighborhood with his ass. So we going down. What's that main street with all the stores are on? And the, uh, that, it, it, that, yeah, I, I I definitely want to know. That was my first time out there. I remember the party at the House of Blues. Yeah, that's remember, where it was. Um, what was that little rapper? What was the little 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 Zane? What was the little Zane? Okay. I remember. I remember. Lil, I remember Lil Zane being there. I remember uh, Baby giving um, Wayne like fifty thousand on. It's crazy because I still got the photos. Right. He gave fifty thousand on stage. He gave gave him that was that's that was that was a, that was a crazy that was a crazy time. I see, and believe that, that baby before, and that was before Katrina. Right. We still had Katrina. that office. 
still right. had that office in and Meta. And Meta. And Meta. 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 It starts with an M. Where that office was at. Okay. I remember that because we used to ride up there all the time. But it was some, it was it was some good time. And and just to think, we didn't, at that moment we didn't realize how awesome Baby and his brother was, right? But nigga, them motherfuckers is cold in the business game because they still doing it. Yeah, they killing it. That, I, that, I, out of all the labels, they had the longest run. Nobody, they had the nobody, longest they, run. They're running. They're running as longer than us run. They running, dog. And they he quite as cap. Universal bought all their catalog for a billion dollars. Wow. See, they kept that on the low. They didn't announce that, and that's for the way G's move. You ain't got to tell your business. You know how um, Jay-Z talked about how he got all that money from Tidal, how they split it? I, 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 know where, I don't know where all that started from, where you had to announce all your business. what you're getting paid, all your business, yo. Because <laughs> you're just crazy. Like, you know, don't announce my motherfucking thing. business. When I do become a billionaire, I ain't gonna want nobody to know. You yeah. might assume, or you may think, you like, eh, well, maybe. But I don't want no press conference. I don't want no shit all around on on, the, on social media. Let everybody know you. Everybody in your business. You got everybody. This is going to show you how right. It goes to show you how crazy the world's changed. Remember growing up, you never heard of our parents talk about um, my income tax just came through. That's <laughs> man. Man, look, the street guys wouldn't even take pictures. Remember that shit? You remember try to take somebody's pictures from the street, they'd be like, what? You would get your ass beat, maybe. <laughs> oh, you got your camera taken? Yeah, real facts. You got your you camera took taken, dog. You took around with a camera, they thought you was the police or the FBI yep. or something. Yeah, they sure did. Man, you everybody, everybody online knows. taking pictures. I'm like, everybody online. sell hey. drugs. What and the doing? kids and the kids are so done with it. They they'll still rob somebody, hurt somebody, and videotape or actually go on the camera and show the shit that they stole, or the police come knock right on the door. TK, this girl I know recorded herself beating another girl up and put it on her page. I sent her a message. I said, "Call me." I said, "Sweetheart, do you know that's a direct? How how would you beat that in court?" Yep. It only works for the police. Video. See, a, a cop can whoop your ass, and you can beat them to death. And we all see they got beat up, but in court, those crackers are going to find out. Excuse me to my white fans who are listening. I, I'm just calling you cracker for the day because I'm kind of pissed. They'll uh, um, see that video when the cops do it and say they see something totally different. Like that guy, um, Derek Chauvin, who put his knee on um, um, uh, George, George Floyd. Floyd. These motherfuckers had a nerve to go, want a go to get a retrial. We, you see the video, of this motherfucking man uh-huh. knee on his neck, and you want a retrial. I've never and, and seen I, the world the way it is today, Rick. And, this, and, this and, and it's so crazy, K. And even with all that being said, they were still trying to find a way to get this guy to get this guy off, man. They damn sure was, yo. They were still trying to find a way to get this guy. So, honestly, the only to me when I look at that, like I told, I said this is like the OJ gun. I'm like, this is too high profile. They probably went to him and said, "Hey, listen, buddy, 
you know, hey, listen, you know, any other time, but you got the the world is behind this. Yeah. We, we can't it, let you gonna have to sit this one down, buddy. And if it wasn't on video, he'd have got away with it, fam. Facts. He'd have got away with it. Because, see, and, and then I don't know what black Americans are going to have to do, right? Biden has reached out to us during the election to get our vote, right? He also said, if you, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. You got our vote, <laughs> right? But they've been pepping us for years, right? But we had to vote for him because we couldn't let Trump back in the House. Because Trump would have destroyed us even worse, right? But... The Asians get beat up for three or four months, and they pass the Asian hate crime bill. Uh, Instantly. Instantly. We've been getting hung, shot, and all the the toppings to to hurt a black community, and we don't have nothing, yo. TK, I'm going to tell you what's killing me. Until we come together and move as a unit, it's always going to be able to pick them, you know, we're always going to be able to be picked apart like this. And, and then, you know, what's crazy to me is like when I sit back and look at it, because I, I, I'm more spiritual than anything. And it, it's like when you watch all these cases happen and people get off, it's really like it's a smack in the face. It's like God saying, how much are you guys going to keep on taking before you wake up and really realize what the hell is going on? So you ought to come together. Right, right. And now here's the thing, too, Rick. What, and let me just put some sauce on what you're talking about. In order for shit to really happen, we got to change the laws. Without a law change, ain't shit we can do. We can march till we get holes in our feet, right? We got to mm-hmm. change the laws. We have to start educating our kids to become senators, to become congressmen. To become leaders in the community, because until then, we're really not going to have a chance. So I have a challenge for the, our listeners, and I want everybody to listen to me very carefully. The life is the, the, your years on this earth is your leg of the race. I want everybody to hear what I'm saying. Your years on this earth is your leg of the race for blacks. You got to run this motherfucker with everything you got. Like Nipsey used to say, it's a marathon. So you run your race, run your leg. So when you leave this earth and you pass the baton to your children, you put them in a better position than you was. See, regardless of how you look at it, it's always going to be competition. It's always going to be competition with the whites, Chinese, Asians, Jews, etc. Friendly competition. You don't have to hate because I'm trying to be I'm trying to be better than you. I ain't gotta hate you. I'm gonna respect you. But the white man didn't get it where he is today overnight. This is we talking about years of stealing, years of whitewashing history, years of this. So mm-hmm. we have to run our race and put our kids in college or trade school. Teach your kids how to know two languages by the next generation because America is going to be Spanish in the next hundred years. Trust me when I tell you that. That's real. America, if we come, if we could come back a hundred years from now, all this shit's going to be Spanish. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're having children, your grandbabies are young. 
put them in a, a second language to know Spanish. You're going to have to know it. And because the people who know Spanish in the next 100 years, kids, will have the advantage over the people who don't. Because it's going to come down to, since the Spanish going to be running shit, they're going to only hire people that can speak two languages. So if your child is black and they only have one language, bam. You automatically at a disadvantage. You automatically at a disadvantage. Automatically at a disadvantage. And teach some kids hard work, man. Take them off them computers, man, and take them outside and show them what hard work is. Just show them what work is about, man. I totally agree. Don't want work I totally about, agree, man. Rick. It, it, like, it, it, it's, it, I never seen so many lazy grown men. She can't be trying man. to get guys out to go put up posters. And I'm like, dude, you're not even lifting up cinder blocks, man. You you, you got a staple gun and you staple in a poster <laughs> to a pole. Isn't that something? And they complain about and they and it be young guys. I'm like, dude, you're 27. I'm in my 40s. Right. They lazy. They even, you can tell by the way. They a poster to a tree. Right, and you can tell by the way they walk, they soft. They, niggas don't walk like men no more. Yeah. Got these doofy type of walks and shit, you know. Back in the day, you saw a nigga, we walked, nigga. We had a bop and shit. You know, we, we had a rhythm about us. It's crazy, fam. It's crazy. Rick, listen, I had to bring you on here. So let's tell the people where we're going to be next Sunday in the city of brotherly love. I'm going to let you rock it. Sunday, May 30th, at the Victorian Ballroom. We got it laid out. It's um, professionally ran business, black owned um, by a good brother named Adi that owns a couple. He, he's probably one of the few black owners that owns some establishments. And it's about it's probably about 30. He's one of the 30 that owns a few establishments. Um, I met up with the brother during the pandemic, and he was like, you know, hey, you know, I got to keep my business going. We formed a great relationship. And from there, it's been on and rocking. I've just been working hard, putting these shows together in between the mix of everything that's going on so we can get some laughter. We've been, everybody's been trapped up in the house for the last year and two months. It's, you know, we're opening up. It's time to get back out. And I reached out to my good, to the good brother, TK, and said, let's make it happen. So this Sunday, May 30th, at the Victorian Ballroom, 4809 Germantown Avenue, from 9 p.m. till midnight, we have the legend, the hardest working man in comedy, been around forever, the one and only T.K. Kirkland will be doing his thing at the Victorian Ballroom this Sunday. If you need tickets and you're on Instagram, you can follow me at um, Rick Lowe, R-I-C-K-L-O underscore, and you, can click, and you can click the link in my bio, get the tickets, and follow us online, and we're going to set this Memorial Day weekend off the right way with my man, C.K. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, can't, I, you can't say that better than what my brother just did. This is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. If you're in Philly next week, baby, you already heard of the Victorian. To everybody around the world, to everybody listening, live your life to the fullest. I hope we've had an impact in your life today, and may your pain be champagne. T to the motherfucking K and that one and only Mr. Rick out there in the city of brotherly love. I'll see you next week, family. No problem. Thank you, TK. Yes, sir. Enjoy yourself tonight, too. Do your thing out there. Likewise. Yes, sir. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information 
about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.